0: Welcome to the NLCC Sermon Recap Podcast. If you're new, my name is Preston Stanley. I'm the student pastor at NLCC. Here in a moment, we're going to listen in to a message from Tim Stewart, our senior pastor. And we're going through this series on uh, kind of on parenting and uh, families. And so the message we're going to hear today is all about what the Bible says about how to discipline your children. So if you are a parent and you want to know what what the Bible says on how we should be disciplining our children uh, the best way, then uh, this is going to be a great message for you to listen in on. Before we listen uh, in on that, I want to remind you that if you are in the North Liberty area, then our fall programming is going full force again. We have programming for uh, men, for women, for kids, and for students. Um, And so if you are interested in getting some extra Christian education in the middle of your week on Wednesday nights, Uh, then I encourage you to check out our website, northliberty.cc. Then you can look through all of the classes that we offer to find one that suits your needs. And so you can connect with us that way and continue to get some education midweek. Let's go ahead and listen in on this message from Tim Stewart on disciplining your children.
1: Every year, without exception, I am asked by someone why God is mean and cruel and and has no compassion. If God is such a loving God, then why does He enjoy disciplining us when we do wrong? when i hear things like that i'm always reminded of what the prophet joel and ezekiel had said return to the lord your god for he is gracious and compassionate slow to anger and abounding in love and he relents from sending calamity who knows he may turn and 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 relent and leave a, a blessing behind and then ezekiel says as surely as i live declares the lord i make i take no pleasure in the death of the wicked but rather they turn from their ways and live turn turn from your evil ways why will you die people of israel and that right there tells you that god does have a compassionate heart and he still wants he he still has to discipline but he wants to show love because of us belonging to him as his kids but sometimes i don't have to look you know any further than the person asking the question All I need to do is see their own kids in action and sometimes my first response is to point out their children and say that's why we discipline as their kids are acting like spoiled and out of control entitled brats. Now, sometimes I have to listen carefully to a person as they ask questions like that because there is something deeper going on in the heart of the parent. They may uh, not be so obvious to us. It might be because they actually don't know how to discipline their kids. Uh, they, they were not shown the correct path or they only know of abuse and they don't want to do the same to their own kids. Now, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, as we were t- looking into how Eli the priest was ignoring his two sons, Hophni and, and Phineas, uh, their sins against Israel. God says to Eli, why do you scorn my sacrifice and offerings that I prescribe for my, my, my dwelling? Why do you honor your sons more than me? And then God had to intervene and discipline both dad and the sons. It was a sad story because this great leader in Israel was too afraid, too passive, or too ignorant not to confront his boys. And they all paid a heavy price because Eli honored the kids above God and the boys honored personal gain above God. Last week, Jody talked about being, distra- uh, uh, being distracted with things, even good things. Uh, where we lose sight of our own responsibility to raise the children that God has loaned to us. And he shared how he and Megan started a rhythm of faith for their girls early on. And at such an early age, they are beginning to find that rhythm as each day begins before they are allowed to do anything else. And the same godly rhythm can be just as important while our kids are young when it comes to their understanding or expectations of proper behavior and discipline. You have a great desire to make sure that your children are following the Lord, and the same should be said of you. And it's a lot easier when you get started early in their life. Now, discipline is defined as the practice of training others to obey a code of behavior. It helps uh, build people uh, with an attitude that becomes the key to becoming successful. And that's what we want in our own children. Now, I I shared with you some common steps that most parents have to go through in order to develop somewhat of a healthy spiritual foundation for kids. And they they say that there are four steps a parent will experience uh, as their children grow up. And the success of each step is going to be how well they navigate through the previous step. And the first one was discipline. And that time frame, if you remember, was from birth to five years old. And then the second step was training your children. And that time frame was from six to 12 years old. And then the third step was coaching your kids through life. Uh, And that happened from the ages of 13 through 19. And then the fourth step was friendship. And if you do this particular step before the other three, then you're going to be asking for some trouble. Remember, you are the, parent, the, the child's parent, not their sleepover buddy. Kids are looking for an adult in their life that will help them navigate through the early stages of being a kid. They, they may not tell you uh, that, but all kids want and need direction, including your own. And I think most of us can remember the aches and pains of being a teenager. I hated those years. Junior high and senior high were painful for me. The only thing that helped me get through those times were my parents and my youth group. Now, as as you parents well know, parenting is stressful. It's heartbreaking. It's frightening. It's costly. It's frustrating. And yes, even a huge blessing that can easily overshadow all the negative. If you are honest with yourself, you know that you've made some bad parenting decisions. I know I have, and it, it was actually when I wasn't paying much attention. As Jody talked about last week, being too distracted, even distracted by ministry. And, and when it's brought to your attention, usually by one of your kids, you acknowledge it, you apologize, and, and create an atmosphere of reconciliation, and then you move forward together. Now, I I guess that would be the goal for any parent or future parents, to be able to recognize uh, you will not be perfect at this parenting thing. Those of us that have already raised our kids will tell you that you never uh, give up on encouraging and praying for your kids. We we want you to be able to have confidence that God can and will use you to help guide these little blessings that God has loaned to you uh, for the duration of that child's formative years. But you've got to use those years as best you can. You know, pick up yourself uh, when, you, when you fail and move forward with God's grace. But Tim, you know, how do we know we are disciplining properly? Uh, do you discipline all your kids the same way? You know, you're grounded for two years kind of thing. Uh, do you use the same kind of discipline for everything? What is the value in being consistent? If you threaten your kids, should you follow through? When is it a good time to show grace over discipline? Now, many people think of discipline as something that is horrible, something that is an evil human trait just to keep others in line. Many think that discipline is always a negative experience and has no godly positive value. You, you think uh, of th- that way because you, you read it in some book that discipline's wrong and, and, or your own parents used discipline in such an ungodly way that it was more abuse than biblical discipline that God refers to. Maybe this topic uh, takes you back to a bad place where your parents disciplined you when they were in a state of anger and you want to make sure that you never cross that line so instead of proper discipline, you've avoided uh, any kind at all and you start becoming more like Eli the priest that we talked about two weeks ago. I had a couple of friends I hung out with a lot growing up and every time they did something wrong or sassed or didn't do a chore exactly the way their parents wanted, they were actually slapped across the face or hit multiple times in the chest or the arm in front of the rest of us kids. And it, it was kind of a scary thing to witness. And each, after each beating, my friends would talk about how much they hated their parents and wished that they were dead. And I remember one time uh, when one of the kids was backhanded by his dad and he ended up on the other side of the room. And he told all of us to leave and I left and went home and I told my dad what had happened. And my dad took me and we went back to this home. And I was so afraid of what was about to happen. Because you know how when your kids and all the neighborhood boys get together and you're bragging about my dad can beat up your dad. Uh, Kind of a thing. Well, I knew that my dad would have no problem beating up any of the other neighborhood dads. It it was a given. If you know anything about Big Al, uh, he was a street fighter. He was a bouncer. He was UFC before such a thing as UFC. He loved the fight. And so we go over to the house, my friend's mom answered the door, my dad asked to see her husband, and when he came to the door, my dad asked him to step outside and start asking some questions, and the first one was about this man beating his son, and then he asked if he did it in front of me. And I think this guy knew was what was about to happen. He and, and my dad were drinking buddies and bikers in the same motorcycle gang, he knew what my dad was capable of doing. And you could tell this guy was getting nervous as all get out, and the only saving grace for this man was this particular situation occurred after uh, my dad had come back to the Lord. But this man did not know which big owl was gonna, who, who, that showed up that day. And anyway, I, I remember my dad putting his hand around this guy's neck and picking him up off the ground with that one arm. And he said, if you ever beat your kid like that again and you do it in front of my kid, I'm going to take you out back and I'm going to do the same thing to you. And he put the man back down and, and called for this guy's son. And, and he was, my dad got down on his knee, face to face with this kid. And he said, listen, if your dad ever lays a hand on you like that again, or your siblings, or your mom, you need to promise me that you will call me and I will be back over here. And I'm thinking to myself as this little kid, man, nobody can beat my dad up. And, and as a young kid, you know, I'm, I'm, I was pretty proud of my dad. But I honestly thought uh, that he was going to go over there to beat this guy up. But, but that's not what he did. He was strength under control. He showed me that day that you can honor and protect other people while at the same time honoring God and holding someone else accountable with proper discipline. Parents... There is a proper way to discipline. It doesn't have to be done in in anger or frustration or in a way that will scar your child for life. You can discipline with tough love and, and it be done with a love that your child will understand. It's called truth and grace, something that Jesus was equally full of. That, that's why I appreciate what I appreciated about my parents. They not only disciplined us for crossing certain lines, but when we did, they also talked with us about why we were being disciplined. And sometimes they allowed us to come up with a discipline uh, measure. And sometimes we suggested a discipline that wasn't even on their radar, but they always and clearly communicated with us that they loved us. They disciplined us because they loved us. They disciplined us because they loved God and trusted his word on the subject. They didn't make a threat and not follow through. They were consistent and they were fair. You see, discipline happens because it's part of the love of a parent or a God's, uh, our Heavenly Father's love towards us. He disciplines because he loves us. The Hebrew writer uh, shares in verse 12, or chapter 12, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the ones that he loves. They disciplined us, referring to our parents, uh, for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. Solomon writes in Proverbs, a zillion passages there. In chapter 3, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Proverbs 13, whoever whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Proverbs 15, a fool spurns a parent's discipline, but whoever uh, heeds correction shows wisdom. Stern discipline awaits anyone who leaves the path. The one who hates correction will die. Proverbs chapter 23, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him uh, with with a rod, he will not die. And that's one of my favorite ones because parents are always afraid, oh my gosh, you know, I want to ruin my child if I discipline him. Job chapter 5, blessed is, is the one whom God corrects, so do not despise the discipline of of the Almighty and and as you as you can be you can be assured that God is consistent with his discipline he's not all over the board emotionally when we need it Malachi says that I the Lord do not change the Hebrew writer says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forevermore Proverbs 6, one or Psalm 6, one says Lord do not rebuke me in your anger or, or discipline me in your wrath so so God knows when and when not to discipline. 1 Corinthians 11, nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. And then in Revelation three nineteen, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. This is just part of being a parent, part of being God. There are so many verses that, that talk about God disciplining his kids because he loves them and he is trying to keep them from harm. Isn't that what we do with our own kids? We first verbally encourage them, and if, we need, uh, if need be, we discipline, uh, hoping that they will not continue down a destructive path. And, and parents, remember that many kids' view of God, uh, they view God the same way they do their parents, their guardians, or those in authority. And if you are not careful to discipline properly, those kids will begin to view God as some mean authoritarian The the way you interact with them when they do something bad could develop in them a horrible image of who they think God is. That's why it is so important to show consistency and fairness when it comes to spilt milk. If you have three kids and, and one accidentally knocks over his glass of milk reaching for it, you don't yell or spank the kid. If your second child gets all excited about something and is messing around and he bumps the table and, and, and the glass of milk you know, falls over, you don't spank them or yell at them or give them a timeout. But if that third child picks up that glass of milk because you told him he had to eat his peas and he throws that glass of milk at you, well, I think you know what you need to do. But there are three different situations, three different ways of handling spilt milk. Don't don't do what Isaac and Rebekah did with Jacob and Esau, where they showed favoritism and it created a lot of long-term family turmoil. Not not based on being fair and and consistent here. This was downright favoritism. Now, biblical discipline has a, a goal that is to train and to teach and to prepare. And the interesting thing is that the word in the Bible that talks about discipleship, being a disciple, has the same goal, to train, to teach, to, to, to prepare. And again, isn't that what Jesus was sent to earth for? To show us the way to God? Matthew 21, John 14. That's exactly what we want to do as parents with our kids. We want them to follow our example as we follow the example of Jesus Christ so that we all attain to salvation in and through Jesus Christ. And if our kids start doing things uh, that will put them in harm's way, we need to step in to correct, to teach, to repair because we love them. James Dobson says that if we as parents don't take God at his word when it comes to disciplining our kids when they are young uh, there will be some serious heartache down the road when they become teenagers and young adults and all you have to do is go back to the story of Eli and his boys now when it comes to the dis- d- d- to discipline what parent is responsible for this And I go over this uh, kind of stuff in premarital counseling because I want these young kids before they start having their own children to communicate that stuff now. If you don't decide early on how you're going to handle the discipline in your home, it will cause some unnecessary fights. And my answer to that particular question is always mom and dad. Uh, you, You share in that responsibility. When, when something happens in your presence, then be the parent. Deal with it. And when you share, uh, and then you share what happened to your spouse, so that both of you are on the same page with, e- with each other when it comes to the discipline, where there's consistency. Like I shared before, if we did something around my mom, uh, well, she would usually deal with it. And then she would say, Wait till your dad gets home. And then she would tell my dad when he got home, and then we got disciplined a second time. And do you know why? Because my dad always reminded us kids that if we did something wrong that disrespected my mom when she was there in charge by herself, then we disrespected her. And he was very clear, don't you ever disrespect my wife. She was my wife before she was your mother. And my dad set the line boundaries for that, and we were not allowed to cross it. Our parents didn't allow us to ever come between them as a husband and wife. Now the sad thing is in our world today, um, many parents don't want to discipline their kids. They don't want their kids to be angry with them, and so they ignore the wrong happening right before their eyes. Now, God warns what will happen if we do that, and if you don't want to trust God on this, all you have to do is take a good look at at homes that you are aware of that do not have any fashion of discipline in their home with their kids, and you tell me, how how is it going with those parents and that home? It's nothing but chaotic. There's no peace. You are the parent, and you need to deal with it. Don't pass it, that responsibility off to someone else, i.e. A, a youth minister, a preacher, a school teacher, a coach, a daycare center. But, but if these adults had to step into a situation that, that needed immediate attention, don't get angry with them for trying to protect your child or other kids and, and that the fact that they're trying to uphold the rules that are for all the kids. When my son Jonathan was, I, he was in, uh, either a sophomore or a junior in high school, uh, he got a call from Verizon on his phone. He didn't turn it off. And Mr. Winchell heard it. And, 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 and Jonathan had time out after school, whatever that meant. But Mr. Winchell called me, and, and he told me uh, what had happened, and, and, I, and I, I said to do what he had to do, you know, treat him like he would any other kid. And, and he, he said he didn't know what to do with a preacher's kid. And, and he was kind of shocked that I wasn't angry, I didn't blame him, I didn't threaten to get a lawyer to sue the school for invading my son's privacy, Uh, and and when I ran into Mr. Winchell at a football game, he asked if I would be willing to have sessions with other parents uh, to teach them how to respond when their kids do wrong, and I'm like, why is this a problem? He goes, Tim, you don't understand. Parents don't ever think their kids do wrong, and that they should never be disciplined for doing the wrong. If I discipline my kids when they break the rules at home, I would expect the same if they break the rules at school, on a trip, anywhere else. If not, they just might think that bad behavior is okay when they're not at home. For those of us who happen to have the God-given responsibility to train or prepare kids, you be fair, you be consistent, you honor the Lord, and you love your kids. If not, those kids who should have been dealt with uh, will figure out ways to abuse your passivity and even create division between uh, mom and dad and the rest of the family. And grandparents, at times you may be involved in disciplining your grandkids if you have your own kids' permission to do that. And that goes with anybody who's in a leadership over your kids. But never discipline or punish a child when you are angry. That is not wise or healthy for anyone. Now, yes, fear may bring about obedience, but it will only last as long as you are bigger than they are. As parents or, or guardians, always have a plan so that you will never lose control hurting the child or your relationship. Set the boundaries early, uh, and, and the older they get, the less likely they will create undue stress or even need to be disciplined. When, when we had to discipline our kids, uh, I, I don't believe it ever went past sixth grade. Uh, for the most part, our kids understood the boundaries before they ended grade school. When Katie was young, all we had to do was call out her name with a forceful, uh, forceful tone. And, you know, she would break down and she would get back on track. And, and when Jonathan acted out, he would, you know, you know we took away his sports guess what he loved to do and, and that usually got him focused again. Now Jennifer was a different story. Okay, She was already homebound uh, for the most part because of her disability. We tried to take away her Disney movies but it didn't matter to her because she had them all memorized and it, so it didn't, it didn't have any effect on her. And so I had to get creative. Uh, now some of you are going to think, you know, oh, that's so cruel, Your CBS should be called on Tim, you know, this and that. But each of our kids had different personalities and then different likes and perspective of life. And so we had to discipline in ways that would connect with each one of them. And uh, like I said, Jennifer was a little different, uh, but she wasn't affected by timeouts or not being allowed to go anywhere. You know, go to your room, Jennifer. Well, she was always, always in her room. And so I told Jennifer that if she kept being disrespectful, I was going to take one of her wheels off her wheelchair. And she started laughing, Dad, you can't do that. That's not fair. And well, Dad did a few times, believe it or not. And we laughed and, and she learned that there are consequences, even if it was removing a wheel so she couldn't be mobile. And she's kind of leaning off to the side, hanging onto her wheelchair. And again, like I said, we would laugh about it. But each of my kids in our imperfection as parents, who still disciplined, they knew that their mom and dad loved them unconditionally. Miss Terry and I would actually give our lives for our children and our grandkids so that they first and foremost would remain faithful to our Lord Jesus Christ and you begin that process early. What I'm saying, parents, is that each of your children have different personalities and perspectives and understandings, likes and dislikes. They respond differently to instructions and disciplines, so you have to find something that will be creative and powerful enough to connect with that particular child. If you don't start early on, they will test you, and if they find a kink in the armor, they're, they're going after it. If, if, if they can create a divide between mom and dad, they're going for it. Why? Why? Because we all have this internal desire for for self-preservation and getting our own way. And so make certain that you communicate your expectations clearly and early because kids actually want and need boundaries. They want to know you love them. And for many kids, those boundaries are indicators of that love. Proverbs 29 says, discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will give you delight to your heart. Your child needs to know that disobedience has consequences. Parents, you have a God-given authority to teach and to lead and prepare and discipline your children. If you want your children to be God-honoring, then you need to do the same. Honor the Lord by following through with his instructions on our subject matter today. No one has to cross any moral boundaries to discipline a child properly. Honor your children by honoring the Lord in this particular matter. If your, child, or if your children learn to obey you guys with that first-time obedience, then it becomes a lot easier for them to honor God and his word when it comes to moral standards. And let me, let me illustrate it this way. In junior high, junior high, I had really bad acne. My friends, my friends called me pizza face on a daily basis. It was a horrible existence. I hated me. I, I, I never wanted to look in the mirror for fear of what I would see, but I had to look so I didn't go to school with one of those hideous whitehead pimples protruding from my face like it was Mount Vesuvius II. And that was I, I always feared that. But around the mid-70s, it, it was when an acne medication came out that seemed to work. According to the commercials, uh, it was called Oxy-5. And so I went to our neighborhood A&P grocery store to where the medication was, and there it was Oxy-5, the new display, you know, and I I picked up the box and I read the instructions and and how it was a miracle cream to, to rid oneself of pimples. And then I saw how expensive it was, and I knew I didn't have enough money. And so I paced back and forth up and down the aisle for a long time. Should I or shouldn't I? And I knew that if I got caught, I was going to be in a world of trouble for stealing something that didn't belong to me. And I paced some more and picked up the box, and I took out the the container uh, out of the box, and I started walking towards the door. And it seemed like an eternity. And I knew God was watching. I knew what my parents had taught me about, stealing but no sooner than I took it out of the box I put it back. I couldn't do it. I knew it was wrong and I would be severely disciplined by my parents if caught uh, bringing shame to them. Well during all that pacing I, I didn't realize someone was watching me in those little bitty mirrors in the back of the store and I started the journey uh, and once they saw what I did they they got down off the scaffolding and they came into the store to catch a thief But they didn't see me put it back. And as I was walking out the store, a man grabbed me. And by that time, they had already called the police. The guy who called the police also called my mom because she knew I was Big Al's son. Because he was a deacon at Milburn Boulevard where my dad was an elder. And they tried to find the Oxy 5 on me. And they couldn't find it Uh, by the time my mom got there. And they had realized I didn't go through with it. And so the police and the man thanked me for, you know, deciding to do the right thing. My mom was quite disappointed and and afraid, but was also proud I didn't steal something that didn't belong to me. And I think this was the first time she never told my dad what happened. Because even then I would have gotten in a world of trouble. And so the moral of the story is that because I knew stealing was wrong, which was taught to us kids when we were young, even though I, 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 I was about to take it, I walked away without disobeying God's word or my parents. And as bad as I wanted to clear up my acne, I didn't want to bring dishonor. Proverbs 29, the rod and reproof given wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. And because of of what I was taught early on, I didn't bring shame to my mom or my dad or my Lord. And so that was one success story, uh, but I have many that didn't end so well. Uh, Solomon meant it when he, when he said in Proverbs 19, discipline your children for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing uh, participant or party to their death. You see, my dad would have dealt with that situation severely. I may not have uh, died, but I would have wished I would have in that moment. And why would he have dealt with it so swiftly? Because his parents didn't, if you remember a couple weeks ago. They always bailed him out, literally prolonging their pain. They became very passive because of fear. And so parents are to discipline because God instructs it and God knows what is best for us. We want our kids to live long and successful lives, not just uh, materialistically, but but most importantly, spiritually. We love our children. God loves us and wants the same for us. He wants us to prosper in this life, but most importantly, He wants us to live a life that is God-honoring through Jesus Christ. We're going to mess up plenty of times as parents. Our kids are going to mess up plenty of times I mean ha- have you forgotten what it was like to be a teenager a kid and, and kids one day you're going to be living what you were putting your parents through right now so think twice and act once trust God and trust your parents own wisdom and life experiences Hebrew chapter 12 again says no discipline seems pleasant at the time but painful Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And so when it comes to certain things in life, there is no debate. And and yet we also understand as parents that some things might have to be discussed as you get older. And as long as you understand who the parent is, because there's a difference between discussing and arguing and demanding When a child grows and shows signs of maturity, parents, you might need to start allowing them to have a little more freedom, even if it means some failures. Because many times, failures can lead to greater success. But if you explain the conditions and and they break your trust, you need to follow through. If the parents have no backbone when it comes to discipline, then the home will have no peace. And that's why it's so important to start when they are young. Between the birth and the age of five, you start young. And so what is the best method of disciplining? Because there's debate about that throughout, the, you know, throughout America. Uh, but the best answer to that question is, is God's way. The, 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 the way of the Bible, the way the Bible instructs here. If we follow God's word, we can't go wrong. Now, that doesn't mean that you won't encounter bad things. You will. Proverbs 13 says the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. And this goes right along with what Jody and I have start, uh, shared with you the past couple of weeks. In order to have that right, uh, the right to discipline your kid, you have to become involved in their life. You you, you are not to be a dictator where you make all these rules. God has already given his instructions on life. We are to follow him. God has given to you on loan these kids to raise. And the deeper relationship you have with God, then the deeper relationship you're going to be able to have with your own kids. And when kids know that mom and dad love them unconditionally, like Jesus loves all of us, the the easier it becomes for them to accept your discipline. Josh McDowell said something pretty profound. He said, rules without a relationship leads to rebellion. And that is why God has given his all to have a beautiful relationship with his children. We, when we grab hold of that truth, uh, th- then God's discipline on us in this life is not a bad thing, but a loving act from a gracious and compassionate Savior. Parents, be the example rather than the judge. When it comes to your kids, if you are a following Jesus' example, then your kids will find it easier to follow you. Live a life that is full of truth and love. Don't try to be the one who will always win the argument. Show some humility and some grace. Now, I, I've shared with you how my parents handled discipline in our home. Uh, they were not afraid to discipline. They, but they did it with grace, consistency, and love. They, they, there was never a question with us kids when it came to knowing our parents loving us. Never did we question that. My dad was a strict disciplinarian, but fair. I, I got a lot of spankings growing up, um, and uh, I got a lot of groundings growing up, and I got a lot of talking to's growing up, but I don't hate my parents, parents at all for the discipline they gave to me. But the greatest lesson I learned in a disciplined moment came in the form of grace. Now, don't underestimate all the other forms of discipline I experienced as a kid. They all had a huge impact on me setting the table for this extraordinary act of discipline in the form of this grace. You see, in the late 70s, uh, my dad bought my mom a brand new three-speed Honda uh, hatchback. And as soon as my mom saw the car, she knew that was the one. And they set us kids down uh, and, and went over all the rules because Teresa was already driving. I was pretty much, you know, still at the beginning stages and Tina was kind of getting ready. But he, my dad said, you are not allowed to drive this car unless you have permission. You are not to ever loan the car out to a friend. You, if you get a speeding ticket while driving this car, it will be your last one. You are to fill the tank upon returning of the vehicle that you were allowed to drive, and there's no eating or drinking in the car. And we all agreed to follow the rules. We were all excited about driving this three-speed, brand-new car. But it was the usual Friday night cruising in Goshen. Uh, the Zaring twins and I, and I believe Dave Contanzerite was with me, but we kept passing the girls, and eventually we stopped to meet them, and for some reason I hit it off with this girl uh, by the name of uh, uh, Michelle, who, uh, who lived in Lake Sea. Dave Zaring already had a girlfriend, and I came, uh, he, we came up with this brilliant idea. He wanted to take Julie to his family campsite on some lake in Indiana, and I wanted to, to go see Michelle. David had a motorcycle. I only had my parents' car. Julie didn't want to ride on the motorcycle, and Michelle did. And so Dave and I switched vehicles. And I took his motorcycle to Wawasee and hung out with Michelle that day. Dave took my mom's car. The agreement was that we would be back at a particular time. And, and I got home before that time was up. My parents were sitting uh, at the kitchen table drinking their coffee and just whispering. And I'm starting to get a little nervous because uh, Dave hasn't come over yet. And I haven't gotten a call from him. And, and I kept calling the house, but Dave was never there. And after a few hours being late, he finally called. And he said, I have some good news and I have some bad news. The good news was that nobody was hurt. The bad news was that he totaled my mom's new car. And I hung up the phone, and and my dad asked, is there a problem, son? And I said, it depends. And I just kept going out the the door and ran nine blocks down to 12th Street to the Zerings home. And once I got there and I saw um, that car, I wanted to puke and run away. But my teen brain went to overdrive. We got in, into the car and I drove up and down Dragoon Trail trying to find a place that I could re-wreck the car. Because I knew if I wrecked the car, then I wouldn't be as in much trouble as breaking the rules. And I found a perfect spot on the curve uh, just as you're coming up on Marion High School. There used to be an old barn there. And I'm thinking, man, if I can go through the barbed wire fence and up and down the hills and wreck it all over, nobody's, nobody, nobody's going to know. But, but I couldn't go through with it. What if we got seriously hurt or even worse? And so I decided to face the Grim Reaper. Uh, in fact, I was less afraid of him than I was of my own dad. And, and I think that's when I began to lose my hair about that particular time of life. And I drove the car home. I parked where those big gas tanks used to be, uh, right across the alley from the kitchen window in our house. And, and when I pulled up there, uh, you could hear my mom screaming through the window. I, I could hear, I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I am, I'm dead and by the time I got into the house, she was washing the dishes. My dad was sitting down at the table, drinking his coffee. He, he, he hadn't smoked for a while, but he opened up a pack of cigarettes, and he was smoking before I got into the home, and he had the Bible open. And I think it was uh, Proverbs 23, 13. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. And, and I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm, in, I'm just in a world of trouble. So my dad asked me to get Dave. Uh, to come down to the house he came down my dad asked us to sit on the front porch and both of us did and he and my dad paced up and down a, the sidewalk there both of us were sweating and waiting for the hammer to drop but my dad said this i want you to know that i'm very disappointed in you two boys you knew better we were very clear on the, our instructions you both deserve serious discipline for disobeying these simple rules parents sent boundaries to protect our kids we love you and don't want you to see you to go through unnecessary hard times and what I'm going to do is this, and I, I'm just just—I'm I'm thinking I'm still going to get disciplined and grounded for life. And he says, I'm going to take the burden upon myself to get this car repaired for your mom. You boys don't have to pay a cent for this, but because of your disregard for guidance and these guidelines to protect you, uh, someone has got to pay, and I'm going to have to be that person. And uh, that that moment in my life had a profound effect on me to do the best that I can always do throughout my whole life to balance God's love, discipline, and grace. I will continue, I I, I mean, I will confront and discipline, but I will always do it with grace and truth. I refuse to be a self-righteous Pharisee. My dad set for me the greatest discipline example he could have ever done because even to this day, I, I, I feel bad, but yet at the same time, I feel so overwhelmed with, with appreciation and love for my parents. But I will not put myself on God's throne to condemn anyone. That's God's place. My dad could have been judge, jury, and executioner, but he chose to demonstrate the kind of discipline bathed in grace that he had received from God on numerous occasions in his own life. And as far as I'm concerned, my parents disciplined me in that situation in such a way that it had a bigger impact on me to prepare me for ministry. God knew I was going to come alongside other people with some serious spiritual failures, including my own. He taught me in that moment to discipline, but discipline isn't always about spankings and timeouts and and, and a year's grounding or hatred or bitterness or revenge or, or unforgiveness. It's about having the heart of Jesus in every situation that you and I encounter. My parents were able to do what they did because of the relationship that we had. I knew they loved me. They started early with us kids, and Miss Terry and I were able to do the same thing with our own children. And it's not always been easy. Ask any parent. It's not uh, easy to be a parent raising your kids and trying to discipline them in the instructions of the Lord, trying to teach your kids right and wrong. But I I wanted to continue on what my dad taught me, to have the heart of Jesus. And when you and i take god at his word on this subject god will bring about blessings in his time and over those years been blessed parents when you honor the lord in the small things when it comes to your children god says he will give you greater responsibilities and blessings matthew 25 and and again back to joel chapter 2 who knows he may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing i mean what, what does that look like i don't know what it looks like for you But isn't that what parenting is all about? You teach your kids at certain stages of life, and the older they get, you provide greater blessings and freedom for them? Some final words of encouragement. When it comes to discipline, please don't make a show out of it. Uh, take your kid aside and deal with it privately. You, you don't want it to, to compound the problem by embarrassing your kid. That is not fair and it's not even right. Make certain you discipline each child in accordance with their personality. Not all kids need to be disciplined you know, the same way for the same thing. In other words, make sure the discipline is equal to the the issue and the age and the personality of your child. You don't tell a seven-year-old kid who happened to scratch a car while they're helping you wash it, Oh, because you scratched a car, you're not going to be allowed to drive till you're 25 years old. Don't do that. That puts more pressure on you uh, than it does a kid. And I guarantee you, you will never follow through with that kind of discipline. It will never happen. Parenting is a constant work in progress. Love your your kids, honor the Lord, and follow his instructions. As uh, Deuteronomy 8 says, Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him.
0: Thank you for tuning into the podcast. If you want more resources on parenting, whether it be discipline or raising children in a Christian household or a whole variety of everything that goes in with parenting, I want to encourage you to uh, check out a resource that we give to you for free. It's called Right Now Media. It, we call it the Netflix of Bible studies. You create an account, log on, and you have access to thousands of videos, uh, biblical-based Bible studies or topical things like parenting or marriage or uh, anything that you could possibly really think of. There's probably something out there for you. It's got great search functions and categorization so you can find what you need. And start watching and just to grow your own knowledge and skills on how to do, how to be a Christian um, in every area of your life, including parenting. So if you want access to that, head to our website, northliberty.cc slash rnm, as in right now media, rnm. Or you can just scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page and hit that button that says right now media on any page on our website. It's right there at the bottom. Uh, we would love for you to get tuned in. Uh, and check out RightNow Media because it's a great resource that we would love to uh, make sure that you have access to. it. Again, it's absolutely free. All you have to do is create an account and you're ready to start watching. Thank you again for tuning into this podcast. We look forward to doing it again with you next week.